Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it! Lamar Odom has won it for Rhode Island! In traffic, off-balance shot. Thank you! Jared Terrell in Rhode Island has done it in the final five seconds on a circus shot from Jared Terrell. A career-high night for him and a victory for Rhode Island. Look it up, Dutton. Run out, Rowdy, look out! Oh, steal by Vance Russell off of Young. Three. Don't do it to him like that, Vance. Dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He dunks it home as the buzzer sounds. And Rowdy, the 8-10 champs. All right, Rody Baseline fans, it is the season finale of season two of Rody Baseline. And what a big guest that we have on the podcast. Joining us now is Rhode Island AD Thor Bjorn on Rody Baseline. Thor, it's great to have you back on the show. Oh, good to see you both. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Thor, I got to ask you, this last week and a half, have you been, after everything settled down this week, have you been able to get out of the office, get some sleep, relax? <laughs> well, it's funny. Last week, um, when when everything around the search was going on, with the exception of the time that I went out to see uh, to see Coach Miller and, and his wife Morgan in Arizona on Tuesday, I was I just worked from home primarily. My my family was actually in Orlando in Disney World. They had planned to go there for spring break. My youngest daughter's a senior at URI, so like they're going to go down there. So it just so happened that I had I had the time at home. It was quiet and. Uh, just me and my dog were uh, we're doing a lot of pacing around the kitchen as I was talking on the phone to a lot of different people. So it was it was a it was it was a good process, but it was actually nice to do it from home. Sounds like it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> now, right. now, obviously, if you're listening to the podcast and you've been living under a rock the last week and you don't know what we're talking about, Archie Miller was announced as the 21st head coach for URI at a press conference uh, that happened a couple of days ago. Uh, so, Thor, can you? Tell the fans of Rody Baseline how everything worked out. So the, the story on how Archie Miller is now the new men's head coach here at URI. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, when, when we went down the, the pathway of deciding to make a change, which certainly, again, I want to give Dave Cox all the credit in the world, just a terrific guy and never easy uh, to, to have to make those decisions and, and the impacts that it has on, on people like great people like that and his family. Um, but that said, once you know, when we made the decision to go down that pathway, I knew Archie, but I, I I wanted to sort of reach out professionally and and had a friend of mine who's a, who was a former athletic director at St. Bonaventure. He and I worked together at UMass. His name's Tim Kenny. He, he and I were talking. And I just said, hey, if you know Archie, you want to reach out to him just to see if he'd willing to take a call. And uh, and he did. They talked for a while, and and so Archie and I ended up having our first conversation and. And it was good. It was kind of a get to know you uh, conversation. And then really every day from, you know, over the next two or three, the conversations got more and more in depth. And, and, you know, as I said, in the press conference on that, that Sunday, the, the day before I, or Sunday or Monday, the day before I went out to Arizona is when he made that comment about, look, I'm getting really excited about this opportunity and, and, uh, and think we can really win there. And he did his due diligence and talked to a lot of people about URI and the ability to win about me and to see, you know, what kind of fit that could be. And so all that said, it ended up being a, a quick, yet very intense and intense, not not in, intense in a way of like short and condensed, I should say more than intense, but it was as smooth as could be. It was great, really great process. I think the word you use smooth is perfect way to put it because that just shows we're getting off on the right foot. 
in this whole thing. And that's the most important thing. Like Archie mentioned, you got to take it one day at a time when you're coming in new. And I'm sure that was expressed over the phone and all that stuff. No doubt. And, um, you know, what was great is to be able to talk about some of, you know, like some of the investments that the university was making. And I say that because it, it took away maybe some of the concerns that he would have had as he was coming in at that one day at a time mindset of, you know, what he needs to do and how to build the program the way he would like to build it. And and so, you know, I, I think we took away a lot of those questions, a lot of questions that agents would ask, hey, what are you doing here? How are you handling this? How are you handling that? We were very proactive and, and upfront to say, here's here's what we're doing. And it's I said this on, on Monday and, and I kept saying it last week. We're not saying what we're planning on doing. This isn't what we're hoping to do. This is what we're doing. And what a great place to be. I mean, it was it was really good. And, and that took away, to Andrew, your point, the smoothness of it. We didn't have to try to convince. We were saying, hey, here's here's who we are and here's where we're going to be. Um, and, and that was such a great feeling to be able to do that. Now, obviously, in chatting uh, during the press conference, you did mention that two big donors did come out and, and chat with him and make a big commitment. Can you talk a little bit uh, to the fans about how they uh, played a pivotal role in, in getting Archie to come to URI? Yeah, no, we didn't ask them to make a financial commitment to, in, as part of the conversation. What we asked them to talk about was their the, the university's commitment. And so, you know, obviously, Mike and Tom are, are huge in terms of philanthropical support to the university. And, you know, I didn't want to come across as saying, hey, they're coming to say, I'll make this gift if you come. That wasn't it at all. It was more to say basketball is important here at Rhode Island. And, you know, we are two. They didn't say this, but obviously they're two very successful individuals. They understand the role that that a very successful men's basketball program can bring to the university in its entirety. And so having their willingness to make that call was was significant. And I know it meant a lot to Archie, you know, as he was trying and he, he and you know, I don't want to speak out of school, but I know he and Tom talked about not only just the support piece, but what's Rhode Island like? You know, as he said to me, look, I, I when I was at Dayton, I'd fly in. We'd go to Newport at the Marriott. It was dark. We'd go to the Ryan Center, play our game. It was dark. We'd go home. And so he goes, I just never saw it. I didn't know what the people were like. I know the fans were a little bit crazy and that was kind of cool. But you know, fans crazy. Yeah, no, so just to try to get a sense of what it was really like. So it was it was it was really funny. But I think, you know, and then with Mike, certainly, you know, talking about the importance of basketball from his perspective as, a, as an NBA owner, you know, I think both of those things provided just another layer of comfort for, for Arch to be able to say, yeah, you know what, the, the school is committed, the alums are committed, the AD is committed, this makes me feel more comfortable, makes me feel good. That's great to hear. A lot of people outside of the school in the state who hear you or I just brought in a head coach to coach basketball. It's going to be making millions of dollars over the next five years. What would you tell them why this is a wise investment, not just for the university, but for a state when they're questioning how big of a financial commitment it is? I mean, to be honest with you, either we do it or we don't, you know what I mean? Either we say it's important and in, in, in getting involved in playing men's basketball at a high level is important or it isn't. I mean, there's a lot of great division three programs out there. There's a lot of great, you know, community college programs out there. And either we have decided as a, you know, excuse me, as an institution, we've decided that the investment that you make in, in, a, in a high level men's basketball program, especially right. And we all get to see it in March to say, you know, you can't do this with smoke and mirrors. It doesn't happen magically. It takes money. And 
the pride that comes from playing in, in March is something that you almost can't put a price tag on, but you can look at it and say, okay, you know, when we went to the, you know, beat Creighton and, and played Oregon. And then when we beat Oklahoma and, and lost to Duke, applications went up, donations to the university went up, exposure went up. I mean, something like there was some research done, you know, I don't know the exact number, hundred million dollars worth of exposure by playing in the NCAA tournament for institutions. I mean, you can, obviously you can't buy that. So if you look at it and say, you know, the investments are important and this is why we're doing it. It's a great marketing tool. It's a great branding tool. It's a great student recruitment tool, student retention tools. But what I'm proud of, to be very honest with you, you guys were around when, when um, you know, a number of years ago, we made the coaching change and we had a buyout with Jim Barron and we hired Danny. And, you know, there was that, what are we doing? Why are we paying a coach, you know, X amount of dollars not to work? You know, that's the business. And I don't apologize for this business. Not everybody likes it. Not everybody appreciates it, but it's the business that we're in and the business costs money and the money reaps benefit. The, 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 the decisions reap benefits back to the university. I know I'm speaking like an athletic director, but you talk to and go look at any other program in the country uh, that's trying to operate at a high level like this. This is what this is what you do. Now, if the world changes and at some point someone ever decides, hey, go play Division three. All right. Then that's a whole different ballgame. But. Till then, we're going to go do it and we're going to do it right. And we're not going to apologize for it because it's important. And the, and the, the value it brings and pride it brings and exposure it brings by doing it right is almost immeasurable. Just like if you do it wrong and the frustration and the anger and the lost ticket revenue and the empty seats and the lack of sponsorship dollars. And now you're just throwing money away. Right. So, you know, if, if you think about it, you know, do coaches make a lot of money? Yep, they do. Is our coach making a lot of money? Yep, he does. But is he making out, out, outrageous money compared to everybody else? Not even close. So it's all measurable. You know, it's all it's all part of it. It's what, what the uh, the market will bear. You know, the governor said it. I said it. You know, it's whatever the market will bear. And, um, you know, so that's that kind of is what it is. So I don't diminish the fact that it's a lot of money and that people may not think it's a good use of money to, to, to try to play basketball at a high, high level. I just, for one, disagree. I think it is a, a valuable investment and, and when done right, cause we've done it right. And we've seen the benefits of it. You know, there's a lot of pride that comes from it, but what's really cool this time. And I know I'm talking a lot to answer your question is I have not heard a complaint, not one. I'm not saying other people haven't, I've not heard one. I haven't got one email that says, why are we doing this? You know what? Because people know, people know how much yeah. money big East coaches are making three, four, five, $7 million. A10 coaches making anywhere between 800 grand and 2.5 million. It's a lot of money. I get it. But great coaches will help you win games. And I couldn't agree with you more. And it gets to the point where young alumni, we were on campus just a few years ago. Heck, we were on campus a few days ago. You see, I felt it when I was still a student there, the morale across campus, the new buildings popping up. Hell, Gary and I were just on campus two weeks ago. That brand new dorm building looks amazing. That all comes from the exposure and bringing in more and more students. And your eyes, a basketball and a football school, the programs are doing great. You have the exposure and it's simple. You got to spend money to make money, in my opinion. You're darn right. You do. You got to spend money to make money. And it may not be a direct spend, but, you know, you make those investments and, and, and then that that's how you fill up that brand new dorm. That's how you, you, you bring more people to this community. To, to spend money with other students and all those different factors. It, I think it's really cool. I mean, it's fun. It's, it's, it's 
you know, higher ed in America, sports are important. Now you brought up how Governor McKee was at the press conference and I got, and I, Archie mentioned it or coach mentioned it in his press conference. I've never seen the governor attend a press conference. What did that mean to you to have the support from the governor of Rhode Island and the president and everybody else along the university with you in this search? Oh, I think it was awesome. I mean, having yeah, at the press conference itself, having the governor make the time to be there says that basketball is important to the entire state of Rhode Island. I thought that was really cool. And I've been doing this for 30 years. I've never seen that. And I think that's a great tribute to, to him making the time to be here. You know, what Mark Parlange has done in, in a short time in terms of supporting the program and understanding the need to, I've been calling it recently, sort of the catch-up investment, you know, how to catch us up uh, to some other folks, um, knowing that, hey, we're still going to go out and raise money and, and sell more tickets and do all that other stuff. We'll do that, but we needed this little, that, that kick to get us to where some of these other top A-10 schools are competing at. What he's done in a short time is amazing, and I'm incredibly grateful. He's been a great partner and, a, and just a, a terrific, uh, you know, president in just seven months. I mean, so I think it's been awesome. It's been been special. Now, obviously, you just mentioned, I know that President Parlange has been to a lot of games, uh, men's games and women's games, and supporting the team uh, while they travel as well. Uh Do you feel that he, you know, obviously we, we love President Dooley, and I'm not taking any away from President Dooley, but that uh, President Parlange has, has, you know, kept that enthusiasm and that will, you know, love supporting these programs and helping out with other sports, you know, like football, softball, et cetera, from there. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, President Dooley was great too, for those 12 years. And, you know, what, what, what he was really focusing on a lot of it had to do with, with really building up some of the, the much needed new buildings to help us again, move from an educational perspective forward. I know President Parlange is going to do that same thing, but, you know, athletics hasn't been part of a, as a, for example, facilities. We haven't been part of a bond since the Ryan Center was built. You know, President Parlange knows that. He understands that we, we do need to um, get our East stands redone and new press box and, and everything. We need a track. We need softball stands. We need baseball stands. We need a boathouse. We need a soccer press box and dugouts. So there's there's needs. And I don't you know, we've done some of the initial architectural and engineering work to figure out how much that's going to cost. But I think he understands that at some point, athletics is going to have to be part of a bond, whether two years from now, four years from now. I know the Bay Campus is probably something that's being discussed soon. Um, you know, where do we fall on that pecking order? And, you know, he's made it very clear to me that he understands that and he knows it's important and that we need to do those things because it may not be there may not be another athletic bond for another 25 years, 27 years. And, and, and that's OK, because there's a lot of needs. That's not a complaint. That just is what it is. But. It's nice to know that, that we're going to be part of that conversation. We need to be. Um, you know, we've raised a lot of money, like the practice renovation of West Gym, the practice facility. That's just about $8 million that we raised. All donors. It's great. It's the biggest fundraising initiative we've ever done. We've got great donors who are very supportive, but you know, we don't have the masses like some of these other big-time Power 5 schools that are able to not only generate revenue from a donor perspective, but then also, you know, finance things. We can't do that. You know, they can, whether in, in for a number of different ways and how they do it. But um, so we need that bond. We need to be part of that. And, and I know we will be at some point, you know, and, and I trust that that'll be, that'll happen. Whether again, two, two years, four years, you know, probably not more than six because now we're getting pushed out too far, but, um, but I'm excited about that. And, and that's a tribute to him. Now you mentioned the practice facility. I know that was talked about a lot in recent weeks. Can you just give 
an update on that. And I yep. think I saw somewhere that we're breaking ground pretty soon. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I, I saw something on Twitter where someone said, now go get the price. And I'm like, it's going. Okay, let's cut the crap from this one, please. All right? Once and for I, I didn't want to say it like that. But, uh... It's like, so the good news is, and uh, we are out to bid right now, or it's just about, I thought it was out to bid already, but I think, you know, all the money's in place. I think it's just going out to bid like this week. I'll be out to bid for 28 days. The contractor will be named. So what I was hoping is, is to have sort of break ground in June. That's what it sounds like. We'll still be on track to do that be exciting to announce whoever the contractor is to get it. We've already done the designs. They look amazing. And then it, we think, you know, I think people say anywhere from 10 to 14 months, I'll always air conservatively. Cause right. to me, it's like, once you start working, I'm good. Just, just keep working. You know what I mean? And if it takes you a little bit longer, that's fine because I know we're going to have it for the long term. An extra month isn't going to kill us one way or the other. So I'd like to think in the, in the summer of 23, you know, maybe at the end of the summer, we'll be in it. And, uh, and that'll be a difference maker for us. And that's, that's critically important, critically important for the, for the betterment of the program. The men and women need to, you know, believe it or not, they, I mean, I, I still think it's amazing. You know, at 11, 12 o'clock at night, they want to go play basketball. You know, that's where we want them to be. And so they need to have that, that 24 hour access to a facility to go do that. So as we shift back over to the team and the coaching staff hire, is there any particular are you leaving the whole staff in the Archie's hands? Is there something you would like to see in the staff that he builds or is it all his deciding and you're just going to sign on? His, on I don't ever get involved with coaching hires ever. That's, you know, in any sport, that's not my, that's not my job. My job is to hire the head coach and then support them and they need to hire their staff and they need to find the right fit for them. I say sometimes to coaches, I say this to every new coach, I'm not going to tell you who to hire. I may tell you who you can't hire. And I may tell you who you need to get rid of for a good reason, um, not and not an X's and O reason. There's a there'll be a personnel action reason, but that's a that's a head coach's job. So again, I want to support them. My job is to make sure they know the resources they have available in their pool to then go go to work on it. Brittany Miles, who's our sport administrator for men's basketball, will will work really closely with them to make sure all the the searches are done properly and all that stuff, so we can expedite things and move quickly. But no, that's completely, that'll be completely Archer's decision and, and I'll be there to support it. And, uh, and that's, that's how that works. Perfect. Now, uh, obviously, uh, with all of this coming, you know, the practice facility breaking ground, uh, talk a little bit more about charters. What do you feel is the next step that we need to take uh, from a fan perspective? Uh, is it, you know, more donations, ticket sales? Like what is going to be the next step? I know that one example that I'd like to use is that I know that Duncan did go and, and purchase some billboards to welcome coach Miller all around Rhode Island that we've seen. Uh, but what are some of the more steps that we need to take to get this program to the next level? All those things, but we need people in the building. You know, we need people in the building, no matter who you're playing. And when you look at some of those, those great programs out there, that's what they have. And so, you know, this year, again, we struggled a little bit two years in a row. So the crowds were down. You know, that that doesn't help you win. It's that helps the spiral. You know what I mean? The Ryan Center is a great place to play, but when it's empty, it's not. And so I think, you know, when I think about talking with Coach Miller, and he's sitting there going, geez, when I came here for Dayton, it was crazy. And I'm like, well, you know what? The year before COVID, it was crazy too. We had great crowds for like the last five years leading up to COVID. And um, we got to get there again. So that just means again, we know we have to the best marketing tool is winning. I get that, you know, exciting style of play and winning games. 
it becomes the thing to do. But we also maybe have to have our students, especially because they're such great student fans. I think we do a good job of making sure the students have that. You guys have seen it for years that, you know, that lower end zone and that whole section. Um, and we keep as long as we have tickets available, we're not limiting how many students can come. Never since I've been here. have We ever done that. We don't we and we won't ever. We need to have, you know, butts and seats. That's critically important. Yeah, we want season ticket lows to buy their tickets. We want, we want them to show up. Don't just buy your tickets and not come. And then just, you know, family day packages, all that other stuff. Bodies in the building mean everything because it not only helps you play better, helps you recruit better. And then from a fan base perspective, from a TV exposure perspective, now TV saying, you know, I have a choice between going to, you know, covering a Rhode Island game against St. Louis or I'm going to maybe go do Dayton. Well, Dayton's got a great crowd. Let's go do theirs. No, no, Rhode Island's got a great crowd. That should be the Friday night game. Let's make sure they're playing. So, you know, that's why that's why it's important. And and we know why we're doing our we're doing our part. You know, I, I believe that the, the you know having Coach Miller here is going to be be a great step forward. The investments in terms of what the university's putting out there up front, the money that they're put, the university saying, "Here you go, athletics, go do this." Great. Let us go generate more revenue. That's our obligation and we're going to do it, but we got to go sell tickets. We've got to get people in that building. We got to, uh, you know, we've got to sell more sponsorships and we've got to create more, you know, get more donations. So Gary, all those things are really important. And, uh, and again, what I'm proud of is that as an, as an athletic department, as a university, we're doing our part. We're putting our money where our mouth is too. We need everybody to get behind it. Now, another big aspect of this whole thing is alumni. Do you feel like with this new era in Rhode Island basketball, we need to focus on bringing alumni back like Tyson Wheeler, JT, EC, Hassan, like all these big names that help make the program? Do you think that's something that we should try to, I don't know, theme nights, I don't know, something like that to help boost the excitement? You know, I think, you know, what we try to do is make sure anytime a, a former player wants to come back, that we embrace them and welcome them back. You know, that's that's and I, I've i heard different, you know, at times, especially when I first got here. Well, former players don't feel welcome. I'm like, I don't know what else to do. I can't drive to your house and pick you up and bring you back. <laughs> what I can do is say, call me, text me, email me for a tick. Come bring your family. We want to introduce you during during a timeout. We want to make sure you're comfortable and you feel your great pride. And we want to say thank you. You know, and we'll do that when, uh, you know, the first time someone's back for a game in a given year. And, um, you know, we want to make sure we continue to do that. I don't, I don't care whether you played, you know, 55 games, 80 games or two games. If you were part of a former player, come on back. Just let us know. We'd love to have you. Can't always be at the PC game, but <laughs> but, we'll, uh, but, but we'll embrace you. And, and I think our marketing team does a really good job. I don't think they do. I know they do. And our game presentation is as good as most any other place in the, in the league. You know, we always want to get better. We always want to get more creative. We want to always want to find different ways to make it a really fun environment. But, um, you know, whether it's theme nights or whether it's giveaways or, or whatever it may be, you know, I think we're always looking to do things like that. But I hope our, our former players feel love and appreciation and an open invitation to come back anytime. I mean, we'd love to have them. I know that's funny. It makes me laugh because we'll – We'll have, you know, player X come back for five games and we introduce him at the first one. We don't introduce him at every game because that gets a little weird. But you know what I mean? Come back for a game and 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 let the crowd say thank you for, for what you did when you were playing here and wearing, wearing the uniform. Now, I know that there was uh, some chatter on Twitter 
uh, regarding something going on with former players. Is there anything that you can elaborate to us on the podcast regarding the possibility of retiring numbers, et cetera? Yeah, I really quit doing that. It's not going to be a retired number, though, to be clear, because you only have a certain amount of numbers that you can actually guys can wear. Right. So you're limited. So we're in most a lot of schools when they're doing this are really retiring. They're retiring jerseys. They're not retiring numbers. So it's like, you know, if I was a great player here, which I wasn't. You know, Bjorn up there in the thing, you know, my number would be up there. My name would be up there, but that's really more the retired name, retired, retired Jersey, not the retired number. But we talked about it internally and not prepared to tell you how we want to go through that process. But for me, you know, it's a matter of setting criteria. This should be the epitome. This is the, the top of the top. It should be, you know, we got the hall of fame. That's really important. And nobody that's not in the hall of fame is going to get their Jersey retired as an example. And what's the other list of criteria that we'll come up with that, that, that makes a lot of sense so that it's truly the best, but I want fan involvement. You know, I want to be able to say maybe something along the lines of, Hey, here's, here's everybody that's eligible on the men's women's side, based upon the criteria that we've set to be part of this, let's do, you know, pick your top five. And then maybe we, we, we look at that and have a smaller group that, that narrows it down from that point on, but having fan involvement is important. And we are going to do this next year. Absolutely. And should have done it sooner. That's on me. That's not on anybody else. I want to do it the right way though. And that's where I'm, I was struggling. And I know I don't want to be unique, but I want to do it the right way. And I want it to be the most special thing for anybody to get from their athletic experience. And, you know, that's not just eight people sitting around a room saying who should be in there. That's not what this is. This should be our fan base having a voice and saying, hey, here are the 30 great players or 50 great players that fit these criteria. It's probably a smaller number than here's 10. And let's choose them as a group, not a popularity contest, but a wow. You know, and we all know the name Silk. So, you know, um, Tyson, uh, Catino, you know, uh, Steve Chubin. I mean, there's great players that for different decades that were here. And, you know, how do we go about having the fans choose based on, again, the criteria that we select? So I'm excited about that. I think it'll be really fun. And it's something that we're not going to just do once. You know, we're going to do it on the men's and women's side. We've got to look at the criteria to see if it matches on both and um, and really make a special night of it. I love that, Scoop. Thank you very much, Thor. we got two quick ones before we head out with you as we are running up against the clock. One being hiring Archie was a lot faster than a lot of people anticipated it happening. And we all can see what's going on across college basketball, how some schools are having an issue hiring coaches fast. How lucky do you feel to have been able to have hired your coach as fast as you did? I don't think we're lucky. I think we're prepared. I think we're ready. And, um, you know, I think uh, I think it's a great tribute to to the prep work. But I think even more importantly, it's a great tribute to the University of Rhode Island in the, in the history of our basketball program. It's something people want to be part of. And that's that's a great credit to, again, the great coaches we've had and the great players and the great fans that we've had um, as part of this program for 50, 100 years. So, um, you know, I, I would say that uh, that it was efficient. I wouldn't say it was lucky. I would say it was efficient. It was well done. I'm very, very proud of the, the way we went about it. Uh, proud of the, the coaches that we talked to that were very interested in our program and, uh, and absolutely thrilled that uh, we have someone of, of, of Coach Miller's caliber that said, yeah, I believe you. I, I think you're right. What you're telling me is, is gets me excited and I want to be part of this. That's awesome. And wrapping it up, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the women's team real fast. The incredible season they had 
But what touched me the most was the press conference after the women's NIT game when Tammy basically called you out and said how much you like coming back and all that stuff. What did that quote in her talking about you mean to you? And how, does that help with the other, the rest of the programs and the loyalty and all that fun stuff? It, it, it no, it made me feel really, really special. And, and I, I'd like to think that, you know, we really try hard to create that family environment here, that family culture, the caring culture, when, especially when things are down, not only when things are good, that's easy. When things are hard, you know, that, that we're together and, and that we support each other. And, and, you know, this business is hard sometimes. Sometimes you have to make changes with really, really, really good people like Dave Cox, you know, just a great person. And so I think that um, having Tammy say those really, really, really kind words made me incredibly proud. It, it also made me think, well, she's, let me, let's just be honest. She's an amazing person. She's an amazing coach, but even a better person. Um, and so I feel the same way about her. I feel you know, grateful to have a chance to work with her and, and develop a friendship. I love the way she interacts with her players and, and makes them better. And, uh, and our fan base is growing as a result of her being here. So I think it's, you know, we've worked really hard to create a culture. And I think it's really panning out and we're, we're finding the right people to come in and be part of it and enhance it. So I'm excited. Awesome. Thank you very much, Thor, for joining us. It really meant a lot to us to take a time out of the busy week that we know you've had. Now, go on vacation, go down to Disney World with the rest of the family. <laughs> yeah, Thor, Thor, you definitely deserve a, uh, a nice little break after all this uh, for the great coaching hire and, and all the work that you and your team and the number of people that if we decide to list them all on the podcast, we'd be here for another four hours uh, that worked behind the scenes to get this deal done. Uh, and we wouldn't be remiss with saying thank you. Uh, from you know both of us, but from the Rhode Island fan base uh, for such a great hire in in Archie Miller. Well, thank you both so much. It was great to see you, and and thank you for traveling all over the country to watch us play both our <laughs> men's basketball teams, football teams, everything. Uh, I remember you guys as students. I say that to you all the time, and you are truly two of the uh, the best fans I've ever come across. Knowledgeable, passionate, and I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Thor. You. And with that ends the season finale of season two of Roadie Baseline. Thank you to all the fans that have listened to us throughout this whole season and getting back into this week of things for the podcast. And don't you worry, season three will be right around the corner. And during that time, you can make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Roadie Baseline. And as always, for the last time this season, till November, go Roadie.